0: Okay, everybody. Welcome back to another Wednesday episode of the Isaiah Kid Podcast. Welcome back. Welcome back. Uh, we got a lot to get into. Uh, we, we, we. You know, the content is real. Uh, we, we're we're full in effect into NFL season. We're now on two weeks in. Uh, this is gonna be a. I'm gonna, talk, I'm gonna be talking about a lot of quarterbacks today. A lot of quarterbacks. Some things that I like. Some things that I don't like about certain quarterbacks. Um, i'm gonna it's gonna be a deep deep it's gonna be a deep dive into some of these quarterbacks uh, we got the western Conference Finals game three i'm gonna tell you why i'm not really nervous about the Lakers and Nuggets series. I do give Nuggets their props they played really well yesterday but i'm gonna tell you why if you 're a Lakers fan, you should not be worried um so let's get into it <clears throat> let's get into another episode let's go. Let's go. Let's get into it. All, let's get into it. All, let's get into it. I'm doing well, staying healthy, staying healthy, staying healthy, uh, let's get into it. Okay, let's get into it. So before I even get started, before I even get started, uh, I, want to, I just want to shout out uh, all the listenership out there. Shout out to everybody that's been listening, shout out to all the DSPs that you guys are listening from. Uh, that includes Apple, uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, iHeartRadio, etc. You guys are doing a great job with clicking. We have now reached an all-time peak. Um, as far as this platform, we've done a great job with spreading the word and spreading the podcast. We're getting noticed. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's going up. <laughs> um, so, so let's get into it. Uh, you know what? Uh, it's great to have talent great to have talent but there's a lot of talented players in the league and I think I'm starting to see this in a lot of places especially at the quarterback position but there's a lot of talent there's a lot of talented quarterbacks out there and I must say I was I was wrong about this particular player or I wasn't wrong about this particular player because I've always have said he's talented but I was wrong about this team and I was wrong about their ceiling. And that's in the New England Patriots. First, Cam Newton. So, Sunday Night Football, Cam Newton has a great game. Cam Newton has a great game. Cam Newton, I mean, that, as far as, and let me, let me say this. As bad as I want to talk about Russell Wilson, how great he was in that Sunday Night Game, which he was, he only had, you know, five touchdowns. He had a great, he had a great game. and he, And the Seahawks won. The Seahawks made a great stand. But I must come in here and talk about, Cam Newton and the Patriots, because I was wrong on the Patriots and Cam Newton. Two weeks in, this is going to work. The Cam Newton and New England factor or, or New England, that New England relationship and Bill Belichick, it's going to work. Um, and I was wrong. I, I, I was wrong. Um, this is not going to be a 7-9 team. At least I don't think so. If Cam is able to stay healthy, this is not going to be a 7-9 team. But as I was saying, talent, that's great. A lot of people have talent. A lot a of lot, a, lot, a lot of players got talent. A lot a lot of players. A lot of quarterbacks around the league have talent, but I think Cam finally, in for, forever, he has structure. Um, I think he has he has structure and uh, finally some creative offensive minds around him. Because yes, New England is still playing the New England way. Uh, you know, week one, I thought they would be. I thought. Week one, they were very run heavy. Uh, I thought they were limited offensively. Week two, they go onto the road, go up to Seattle, uh, albeit that there is no fans in the stands. Uh, it's still a still that's still a pretty good football team. The Seahawks are a pretty good football team, one of the best teams in the NFC. And for Cam in that New England offense to go up to Seattle and put up 30 points in the in the fashion that they did it and have a chance to win the game at the end at the last play. It shows a lot, and I was wrong about Cam Newton and the Patriots this year. Now, I, I, I always have, uh, I always have said, "Hey, Cam is talented as hell. Cam is talented. It's never been a talent. It's never been a talent issue with Cam. But I did worry about his efficiency. Um, Cam hasn't been the most accurate quarterback in his career. Um, some of that is due to uh, injuries. Some of that is due to his mechanics. So be it. But." New England is a button-up franchise. Uh, Belichick is all about efficiency. He it seems you know like with Cam Newton on Sunday night, that was the best I've seen him throw the ball. As far as his, I mean, looking at his mechanics, looking at the delivery of the ball, looking how he looking at how he was accurate. That was the best I've seen Cam Newton as far as a thrower of the football. As far, as far as throwing the football and his mechanics are on point, his accuracy, his accuracy, his arm strength, he looks healthy. That was, that was by far the best I've seen Cam Newton throw the football since his rookie year. And the reason why I bring up his rookie year is because, look at this, get this. Cam's career highs in, as far as passing yards, it all came in his rookie year his first career game ever against Arizona he threw for 422 and he was he was pretty accurate the next week the second week of his career of the second game of his career he threw for 432 against Green Bay and then against Chicago he threw for 374 so just on this sunday night he threw for 397 he damn near threw for 400 yards that was his third that was his third most high. That was his third highest passing yardage game in his career. So that's why I say, as far as a passer, looking at his mechanics, that was the best I've seen Cam Newton throw the ball since his rookie year. Because even his even his MVP year, he was still he wasn't he wasn't a, he wasn't accurate at all. Still his MVP year, he was still below sixty percent completion percentage so even his rookie year was more about i mean his his mvp year it was more about his legs and how dynamic he can be on the ground and as a thrower but yes i mean on, on sunday night i knew how dynamic he was with his legs and i knew i knew he had great arm talent but to see the patriots be able to stretch the field somewhat um, and he was throwing the ball down the field and getting, you know, these guys getting open, uh, creating separation, which is surprising. Julian Edelman, uh, uh, Julian Edelman played a good game, but he dropped a game winning touchdown potentially. Uh, so, you know, that's just, that's just who he's, who he's become nowadays. Uh, he led the league in drops last year, but with Cam, this is what he's needed. He's, he's needed structure and sometimes talent needs structure. And I think, you look at a guy like Odell Beckham. Odell Beckham's talented. Odell Beckham's talented. But look at Odell's best years. Look at Odell's best years. Odell's best years came with Tom Coughlin. You know why? Tom, Tom, Tom Coughlin brung a sense of structure. Since Tom Coughlin has departed wage with the Giants and went to Jacksonville, Odell stayed with the Giants. Odell had, Bob, uh, he had, he had McAdoo. And, you know, he had all these other coaches, and he had Pat Shermer. It, it just wasn't going to work. It wasn't going to work. They, they traded him to Cleveland. You know, it still hasn't quite worked out with Cleveland and, and Baker yet. We got to give it time. You, that's what you guys keep telling me. But it just shows you, with talent, you need structure. Um, with talent, you have got – with talent, and you mix that with some structure, this is what you get out of Cam Newton and New England Patriots. This is what you get. Um, and it, this is going to work. With Cam, New England, and Belichick, and Josh McDaniels, he has a creative offensive mind with structure. This is going to work. Let's see if Cam can stay healthy. That's the only, that's the only issue. That's, the only little, that's, that, that's like the only red mark is can he stay healthy. But two weeks in, I can already tell I was wrong about New England. I predicted New England to be 8-8, eight 7-9. Eight, they're they're going to be a really good team. New England could be really good. Um, because def- defense—if you look at defensively—they're still pretty good. They have one of the best secondaries in the league. I don't love their linebacking core. I don't—not—I'm not in love with the front seven. But Belichick's a great defensive mind. Uh, New England is still have a—they still have a good defense. But their secondary is really good. That's the strength of their defense. Their secondary. So teams not gonna be able to throw the ball like Russell Wilson did on them. Like a lot of quarterbacks can't do what Russell Wilson did. Russell Wilson did against New England's secondary. A lot, a lot of, a lot of quarterbacks can't do that. A lot of quarterbacks can't exploit uh, Stephon Gilmore like Russell Wilson did. So this New England thing with Cam, it's gonna work. It's gonna work. And I think I, now, mind you, I do think New England still has a ceiling. Offensively, I still think they're somewhat limited. Because, like, you, could, I mean, with Cam, you could use a down the field threat. And we're going to talk about down the field and underneath. We're going to talk about that more because uh, I'm going to talk about the Saints and Drew Brees. But with Cam, you could use a downfield threat. You can use somebody that is a deep threat. They can take the top off the defense. Uh, and I, and I, in today's game, I think you need that. I mean, you, I think you need that. You need to be able to get cheap and quick touchdowns. New England is very slow and methodical. Uh, and they get down the field and it works, and I think it's going to continue to work um, with New England and Cam. But I do think there is a ceiling. I th- I do think they have limitations. But this is a really good football team. Like this is a really good football team. You don't you don't want to play this football team with the Patriots with Cam. You don't want to play this football team. This is a really good football team, and I can already admit it. I was wrong about the Patriots. Uh, I had them at seven and nine, eight and eight. I was wrong. They're gonna be better than that. And Cam, you know, I, I I I kind of figured with Cam would be productive. I didn't think he'd have enough talent, enough weapons around him. He's made do with what he's got. Uh they're very run-heavy and then they can throw it a little bit. I was I was surprised to see them get 30 points. I was surprised to see them get score 30 points in Seattle versus Seattle, but they did it. Cam looks good. I I can admit. I was wrong on that part. I was wrong on that part uh, about Cam, New England, and Belichick. They're going to be better than 7-9. They're going to be better than 7-9. They are a really good team. They're probably. Gonna, I, I, I'm going to give you guys a heads up. They're probably going to be in my top 10 list. New England is probably going to be in my top 10 list uh, because that 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 formula that they have already, that they already have, that they formed already in week two, that is going to work. That is something that's going to work, and that is something that's going to last. I do think there is a ceiling. There is a ceiling with this team. But I, th- I do think it's going to work, and it's too late to change my predictions. Like, we're two weeks in already. Uh, it's too late to change my, my predictions. But I can already tell you, I was wrong about that 7-9, 8-8 crap. <laughs> so let's shift gears to the Cowboys' uh, uh, miracle comeback. Um, and if i like, by the way, I did really good on my week two predictions. I predicted that game correctly. I knew I, I, I predicted that the Cowboys would win that game. Um, I didn't think they'd do it in that dramatic fashion, but I kind of, I, I knew that it was going to be a high scoring game. Uh, both defenses were lackluster, but, um, if I first, first things first, if if I'm off blank, um, if you don't know who that is, that's the Falcons owner. If I'm off, if I'm off the blank, uh, Dan Quinn would have had to find his own way back to Atlanta. That was just unacceptable. The late, the the lack of late game execution from both sides, quite frankly, was just it, it, it's just horrendous. Uh, and Mike McCarthy, he was very very close to uh, being scrutinized like like hell after that game on Sunday because if the Cowboys would have lost that game. It would have been a lot of Mike McCarthy. It would have been a lot of it. Would have been a lot of Mike McCarthy slander. A lot of Dak slander. It would have been a whole lot of that because the late game execution from both sides was. It was just. It was just so horrendous to watch. But nevertheless, let's talk about the Cowboys because I can. I can give a damn about the Falcons. I don't care. I mean, Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn is lucky if he makes it past Thanksgiving. But let's talk about the Cowboys. So I always have given Dak credit for this. Dak, I, these, are, these are the qualities and the characteristics that I like about Dak. Um, out, outside of the talent thing, outside of talent and, it's, like, outside of all of that, these are the intangibles that I like about Dak. Dak, first, is always available. I love that he's always available. I always say the best ability is availability. Secondly, with Dak. I love his leadership qualities. He always keeps his head up high. He always looks like he had, he like he just gives this te- this cowboy team life. So, those are things that you want in a franchise quarterback. That has those things. He's always there. He's always available and healthy, and plus he doesn't lack leadership. He's very mature. He, he, he's he's very resilient. I, and in some ways in a in like some weird way it seems like Dak plays better and he's a better operator of the offense when the Cowboys are trailing which is weird but that that nevertheless Dak is I mean I love those two and like those two qualities about Dak and I've always told you guys this but what does this team have to rely on as far as the identity, what do they have to rely on? And I think, I mean, by week two, I know you guys probably think it's early, it's still early, it's week two, new coach, Mike McCarthy. Yeah, okay. But I look at a team like New England, who has suffered a lot of departures and some acquisitions, some acquisitions in, a, in, a, in very critical spots, um, one of them being the quarterback position. But by week two, by right, by right now, the Patriots know what they are as a team, especially offensively. Offensively, they know what they are. They are a team that wants a low-scoring game. They want to control time of possession. They don't want to get in shootouts. They know who they are as a team. With the Cowboys, I don't know. I, you know, I just, I just don't know. And I know they they kept fighting. They kept fighting. And I, I'm not gonna give I'm not gonna give props to the Cowboys because they kept fight because they kept fighting and they kept playing. That's what you're paid to do. Players players are paid to keep playing no matter the circumstance. Players are paid to not quit no matter the circumstance. That's like you know my parents just always say, Hey, you're supposed to get good grades. I'm not gonna reward you for something that you're supposed to be doing. You're supposed to be getting good grades. And as players. They supposed to keep playing, no matter the circumstance, win, loss or draw. You know, it, it doesn't matter. So it's that—that's nothing you can really hang your head on. Okay, they didn't quit. Great, great. They didn't quit. But what is this team identity? Where did I? Where am I getting from this team week in, week out? Because I know I—I kind of know what this team is. They—they they left off where they picked up last last year. They were a very talented team, especially on offense. They have a lot of weapons on offense at Dak's disposal. Dak is going to put up good numbers. Zeke is going to have good numbers. Their receivers are going to have good numbers. They're really good. They're really good. Like Amari Cooper, he pulled out the one-hand catch, and Dak you know, has some good throws down the field, and they can really spread you out. CeeDee Lamb really burst onto the scene in Week 2. Like, they're great for that, but what, like, the depth of this team, how good is this team? What is their identity? And can this team beat winning teams? Can this team beat good teams? Because last year, the last few years, actually, the last two years, the Cowboys and Dak have struggled against teams with winning records, And I think this week, going up to Seattle, week three, this week right here, this is a really big week for the Cowboys. And this will show me how good they are. This will show me how for real they are. I already have my prediction for this game. I already have my predictions for this game. And I I think you guys already know where I'm leaning towards. I'm leaning towards Seattle. But But I think the Cowboys will play well. I think Dak will play well. Because the the Seahawks can't really generate pass rush, but with Dak, I, I, he's gonna put up good numbers for sure. He's definitely gonna put up good numbers, no doubt about it. But what I mean, and then defensively, defensively, we don't know what this team is defensively. It's bad. They, they I mean, this team defensively, it, it it just looks bad. I mean, Mike McCarthy, he, it seems like he's forcing it. Week one, he was hyper-aggressive. Week two, he was super conservative. He was more conservative week two than Mitch McConnell. I don't know what, I don't know what we're getting f- f- with Mike McCarthy on a week-in, week-out basis. Um, you his, his the late game execution, the late game play calling somewhat questionable. It was just, it's just, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense at the, at the time. It just doesn't make a lot of sense. So with Mike McCarthy, I don't know what we're getting. Um, I don't know if he's following the analytics. I don't know if he's an analytical coach. I don't know if he's going to be conservative one week. I don't know which whichever one floats his boat. I don't know, but and then and then the defense is just the defense is just not good at all. They have they have some injuries on defense. Um, they got some injuries on their front seven. They got some injuries in their secondary. Their secondary is already young to be to begin with. So I just don't know what I'm getting defensively or as a whole. I don't know what I'm getting. I don't know their identity. I don't know if they want to be run first. I don't know if they want to be pass first. And I think that's a problem. I, think the, I, I really do think that's a problem. I, I, I really do. I really do think that's a problem. But I'm going to shift gears to the Saints and Drew Brees. Um, so trust your eyes. Trust what you see. Drew Brees is declining. He was clearly the second best quarterback on that field on Monday Night Football. Look at it. Trust your eyes. Sometimes you got to do the eye test. I'm a numbers guy. I'm a stats guy. But even the numbers will support this. Drew Brees is declining. Sean Payton had to beg him to come back this year. He's declining. He can no longer stretch the field. I know. I noticed that l- last year. I told you guys the Saints' offense: a lot of dink and dunk, a lot of dink and dunk, a lot of underneath stuff. I, it's just the truth of the matter. It's just the fact of the matter. I'm not saying Drew Brees isn't good anymore. I'm not. I'm not saying he, he's just hot garbage. I'm not saying that. But trust your eyes, look at it. He's declining. He can't stretch the field no longer. And Derek Carr, Derek Carr carved up the Saints defense. The Saints, the Saints have an elite defense. Drew Brees went up against an average to below average Raiders defense. The, the Raiders defense is it's not good at all. The Raiders can't rush the quarterback. The Raiders had zero sacks. In 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 half of Jew completions winter of run winter running backs. Just look at the data. Look at the look at the numbers. Trust your eyes. Drew Brees is declining. He's declining. And offensively, and you can and you can make all the excuses all you want about oh hey Brees didn't have Michael Thomas. Oh okay. Michael Thomas, he's a great receiver, but Michael Thomas, he, he's he's a good underneath, he's an underneath guy. He's a great route runner. Michael Thomas isn't a great deep threat. Michael Thomas isn't a deep threat. He's not. He's not a. He's not a guy that's gonna go. That's gonna beat you vertically. He's a great underneath, tough ball catcher, and he he's, he gets a lot of yards after the catch. Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara. He gets a lot of yards after the catch. Drew Brees. A lot of his stuff is underneath passing patterns. And that's why I say the Saints, offensively, they have a ceiling. They, 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 can't, they can't stretch the field. They don't get cheap touchdowns. Look at, that's why I say look at Baltimore, look at the Kansas City, look at Seattle. Look at, those, look at those teams. Look at Arizona. They can beat you down the field. They can beat you over the top. They get cheap, they get cheap and free touchdowns. The Saints do. Don't. They don't. The Saints, the Saints gotta work, and they gotta they gotta be methodical on every single thing they do, because they can't get cheap and free touchdowns. And I would just urge you look at look at the quarterbacks that's having success around the league. Look at them; they all got something in common. They're mobile. Look at look at Lamar. Look at Mahomes. Look at Russell. Look at look at Josh Allen. Look at Mitchell Trubisky. I mean, look, look, at, look at those quarterbacks. Kylo Murray. Look at, those, look at those quarterbacks. What do they have in common? Cam Newton having tremendous success. What do they have in common? They're mobile. You got to be able to move the pocket. You got to be able to move the pocket to add another dimension to the offense. Breeze can't. It's bad enough Breeze can't, can't stretch the field, but then he's not mobile. Look at Aaron Rodgers. He's mobile. Look at the numbers, and I think, and I and I think this is where the NFL is gravitating towards. It's gravitating towards quarterbacks with mobility that can throw, that can get out of the pocket, that can create with their legs. That is with that is what the NFL is shifting to. And it's bad enough, Drew. Brees, like I said, it's bad enough that Drew and Tom Brady and Ben Roethlisberger. It's bad enough that these guys are older. But especially i mean everybody's talking about Brady's arm and how Brady's arm is dead. boy, if Brady's arm is dead, then juw bree's arm is 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 six feet under i mean because ju i mean his arm does not look lively at all. trust your eyes in certain, in certain instances trust your eyes and, like, and, I want, and i want to i want to move forward as far as this mobility in in this quarterback talk. Because I look at a guy like Kyler Murray. This offseason, I predicted Kyler Murray. I predicted that both Kyler Murray and Drew Locke would have breakout years. Drew Locke is unfortunately hurt and he got injured. But Kyler Murray, Kyler this year, has been lights out. He's been lights out. He's been lights out and he's been really, really dynamic. And he and, and his team and he has his team off to a two and zero no start. And I told you guys, I was I was very high on the Broncos. The Broncos have had some injuries. They had they had the Von Miller. The, I mean the, the Broncos have been hit bad with the injury bug. They had the Von Miller injury. Philip Lindsay got hurt. Uh, Cortland Sutton's out for the season. We Drew Locke. His status is unknown. He got knocked out of the game. But look at the Arizona Cardinals record; they're already two and zero. But look at their schedule. Excuse me. Look at their schedule. The next three games they play against Detroit, Carolina, and the Jets. Those are all three winnable games, and they're probably and they in their favorite, and probably all three. This 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 Kyle Murray perhaps may have the Arizona Cardinals on the brink of a playoff spot because. The way how the way how they're looking first, I must say, DeAndre Hopkins, Kyler Murray, that duo works. They're one of the best duos in the league already. He had, he, I mean, Kyler Murray has he's he's thrown he DeAndre Hopkins has fourteen catches in week one. Then he ha, he comes back and have nine catches in week two. He already he already has he has twenty three receptions in two games. Kyler Kyler the Kyler. And DeAndre Hopkins, that duo works. I, what? Hey, look at me though. I'm still waiting on. I'm still waiting on Baker and Odell to work. And it's been a year. It's been. A, it's. It's damn near been a year and a half. And I'm still waiting on Odell and Baker to to click. With Kyler and DeAndre Hopkins, they haven't been together for. They haven't been together for an hour. They haven't been. They haven't been together for an hour. And they work. It's just crazy, but hey, that's 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 neither here or there. That's that's neither here or there. But I look at this, I look at this schedule. This is a very feasible schedule for the for the Cardinals, and they can win the next three games, and they can possibly start off five and zero. And I told you guys, Kyler this year was going to have a great year. I told you guys that I've real, I'm I'm really high on this kid Kyler Murray, um, and he's might he's he's just he's. He's forming himself into a top ten quarterback. He's forming himself into a top ten caliber quarterback. Um, I'm gonna catch you guys right after this quick ad. So the Lakers lost Game Three, and everybody's in the and everybody's in a frenzy. Okay, relax. Okay, relax. Um, did you guys think the Lakers were gonna sweep the Nuggets? Now I did tell you guys. I said, hey. The Nuggets, I had this at first, after game one, I had this as a, as a six-game series. But then I came on here on Saturday and I said, this will probably be a five-game series, okay? In order for it to be a five-game series, you realize the Lakers have to lose one game, right? Okay. So, I, I just need everybody to relax. Matter of fact, how about you do something for me? When I was, can you can you guys tell me when was the last time LeBron James lost in the conference finals? I wait. Oh yeah, that's right. It's been eleven straight years since he haven't lost in the in the conference finals. It's been a very long time since he's lost in the NBA conference finals. He hasn't lost in the NBA conference finals since 2010. Give me a break, okay? Okay. 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 Every year, for the exception of last year, LeBron James has made the conference finals since 2011, and he has won every single one of those conference finals series. Please relax. The Lakers will be fine. Now, I do I, I do think the Lakers now, and this is why I say stats can be deceiving. This is why I say stats can be deceiving. Because you look at LeBron's box score, and you're like, oh, LeBron had 30 points, 10 rebounds, and 12 assists? The Lakers must have won. Uh, you look at Anthony Davis' box score, and you're like, oh, AD had 27 points? The Lakers must have won. Uh... This is why you gotta look at the game. This is why you have. Sometimes you have to do the eye test, because if you was if, if if you really fully watched that game last night, the Laker the Lebron Lebron never imposed his will on this game until late in the fourth quarter. When 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 the Lakers came back and made that run, Lebron never imposed his will on this on this game. And to be honest, LeBron hasn't quite imposed his will on this series quite yet. He hasn't yet. So we're still waiting on that. Anthony Davis, after the big-time Game 2 game-winning shot, the shot of his career, everybody showing Anthony Davis love, everybody you know pronouncing Anthony Davis as The next Laker, great. Everybody is calling Anthony Davis the best Laker. And he has a whopping two rebounds. He has two rebounds. That's not going to cut it. That's not going to cut it. And he had 27 points. But once again, his 27 points, it didn't feel that impactful. He didn't impose his will. And this is what Charles Barkley talked about. At halftime of Game 2. Anthony Davis, you have to impose your will. And I've been saying that for the longest. How long have I been saying that? Anthony Davis, as far as his talent, you look at his talent, you look at his size, and you're like, Anthony Davis could be the best player in basketball. But, he doesn't always, like he's a smart basketball player. And Anthony Davis, he's, he's smart, and I know He's committed but he doesn't always he, he doesn't always put his stamp on games he doesn't he, he he doesn't always put his stamp onto games and that's what i and that's he doesn't always impose his will on games and that's what i don't like that's that, that's that's what i don't like about anthony davis that's exactly what i don't like those the, that that small thing right there that is what irks me about Anthony Davis. Because he has the talent. And I like Anthony Davis. I'm a, I love Anthony Davis. I'm a big fan. But he has a lot of talent. He has prob- he's probably the most talented basketball player in the league. He's he, he you can make an argument. He can make an argument that he's probably the most talented basketball player in the league. And he could and he has the potential of being the best basketball player on the world. Or in the world, <laughs> but he sometimes the aggression isn't quite there. He doesn't always impose his will, and that's where he loses me. So, and then once again, you can also point to stats. You know, the the the, the Lakers' role players didn't play particularly well. Um, the 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 Lakers. Didn't shoot the ball particularly well. They shot six for twenty-six from three-point line. Um, the Nuggets got to the free throw line more. The Nuggets shot the ball better. The, the Nuggets had had made more threes. The the, the Nuggets' role players played better. Jerry and Grant almost had thirty points. So, and then Jamal Jamal Murray had twenty-eight and twelve. So you're looking at you're looking at a Nuggets team that played really well. And I want to give them their props because some of you guys probably don't think I give some of you guys don't think I give the Nuggets their props, but I do. I want to give the Nuggets their props, but this is what this is. This this has been my complaint about the Lakers. And it's like what just 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 remember all the things that I've talked about with the Lakers. Just, read, just list. All, I'm going to list all of the things that I have complained about the Lakers. And every single one of those things happened last night. I always have complained and I have criticized Anthony Davis on his lack of aggression. I've been doing that all postseason. I've been doing that all year. Okay. I've been talking about the Lakers' three-point shooting. I've been talking about that all postseason. I've been talking about the Lakers' bench in role players and key players. I've been talking about that all postseason. The the, the the things that I just listed that I have on my board on my screen the things that I talk ha- that I that I talk these are the things that I talk about with the Lakers all the time. But once again if you're a Laker fan I wouldn't panic I think the Lakers I think the Lakers will win this series I picked them to win this series in six or five games. I think they'll do it in five games because I think they're realizing. I think you'll see a. I think you're. I think in game four you will see a, a, a locked in LeBron James, a LeBron James that's gonna put his imprint and his stamp on this series. I think you're gonna see a more aggressive Anthony Davis in game four. It wouldn't surpri- It wouldn't surprise me. If the Lakers duo would a- average, if, if they put up 70 points, if they put up 70 points, it wouldn't surprise me if the Lakers, du- if the Lakers duo put up 70 points together. It wouldn't surprise me. LeBron probably has mm, 35, 30, 30, 35. AD probably has 30, 35. It wouldn't surprise me if they did that in game four. But I think LeBron would come out more focused. I think he'd come out more aggressive. LeBron last night, he got he had two free throw shots. He got to the free throw line twice. Oh well, he shot two free throws. He got to the free throw line once. Shot two free throws. Got got to do more than that. You got to do more than that. Jerry and uh, every everybody on the everybody that played for the Nuggets that stepped on the floor for the Nuggets had more free throw attempts than LeBron James. Just unacceptable. Unacceptable. So I think LeBron will put his stamp on his series. I think Le, I think AD would come out more aggressive. And it wouldn't surprise me if the Lakers duo put up seventy points together. It wouldn't surprise me if they put up seventy points together. So I'm so I got a, I got a real fun fun game for us to do. I'm gonna I have I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you guys the two and oh teams that I like and I don't like. We're we're two weeks into the regular season in the NFL. I'm going to tell you guys the 2-0 teams that I don't like and the 2-0 teams that I do like. This should be really interesting. So like I mentioned, there's a bunch of 2-0 teams in the league. There's actually 11 2-0 teams in the league. Um, And and, and that's the most in NFL history. So that's the most most in NFL history. There's 11 2-0 teams. We're going to do this game. I'm going to call this game Buy or Sell. Because I'm, I'm, I'm into business and it's kind of by force because I'm taking right now in college, I'm taking an, an economics class. So we're going to do buy or sell. The teams that I really like, the two or no teams that I really like, I'm going to either buy them or the two or no teams that I don't like, I'm going to sell so, we're going to call this game Buy or Sell. And, we might, and I, might, I, might, I might just make this a game of the podcast. Buy or Sell. Because I take economics. I take this economics class in college right now. So, we're going to do this. Buy or Sell. So, at the top of my list, I got it on my screen. At the top of my list, I have uh, the Buffalo Bills. They're at 2-0. and so I'm gonna buy this team. I, I I'm buying into the Bills two and zero star. The Bills, which I think Sean McDermott is one of the best young coaches in football. Uh, great defensive mind. Great. He has some. He has some great defensive pieces. Now they are a bit older on defense, but I like Josh Allen's development. He has he he's he's starting he's red hot onto the season he's the lead he 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 leads the league in passing yards so far and as I already mentioned as I predicted I predicted correctly the Stephon Diggs acquisition stretches and it makes Josh Allen better it makes this offense better I think this it makes this team formidable so I, I think the Bills I predicted the Bills to win the AFC East. Um, it's no surprise to me that they started off two and zero. Even though they played the Jets and the Dolphins, even though it's against two division foes, I st- I'm still gonna buy into this Bills team. So that's they're two and zero. The Steelers, okay. So the Steelers, I don't know. I- I- I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a hold. I'm a hold on this. I'm not gonna buy or sell this Stiller stock. I'ma hold this stock. I'ma hold this Stiller stock. Give me give me to about week eight. Because I love this I love the Stillers defense. Um even and, and I must say this. I love the Stiller's defense, but I've always gotten on Mike Tom about how sometimes the Stillers aren't the most prepared. And once again, the Stillers. They've had a turnover in 25 straight games. That is that they have they've had a turnover in 25 straight games. So that shows me that tells me that they're playing sloppy football. But even with that, this past week, the the Steelers, they, they, you know, Drew Locke got hurt. And Jeff Driscoll, Jeff Driscoll was the Broncos quarterback. And that game stayed close. The, the Steelers barely won so i i, I got to see i got to i want to I want I'm going to hold this stock on the Steelers I'm not going to sell it I'm not going to buy it I'm going to hold off on this stock with the Steelers I want to see a I want to see a few more weeks of them because they played well in week 1 but in week 2 it was very sloppy uh against a Broncos team that's injury riddled so I, I'm going to hold off on the Steelers Um, the Tennessee Titans, they're two and so this Titans team, they started off pretty good. Um, they played, I don't, I forgot who they played week one. They played the Broncos week one and they played the Jaguars week two. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to buy into this Titan stock. I'm going to buy this Titan stock. I mean, Ryan Tannehill, I thought he would come back down to earth. Ryan Tannehill, he's been, he's been playing well. He's been playing well for this team, for this football team. His his last 10 games, 20 touchdowns, 5 interceptions. And he has a high completion. He has a completion percentage over 65. So I'm going to go with, I'm going to buy this team. They're really good defensively. And get this, the Titans know who they are. The Titans know their identity. The Titans they wanna they wanna they wanna run the football, they wanna play good defense, they wanna they wanna dominate you physically up front. They the Titans know who they are. That's my problem with the Cowboys. The Titans know their identity. The Titans know who they are. I think I think that's why I'm buying into it. They know they they know their identity. I like Mike Vrabel. He has this team playing hard. They, 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 they play rough. Gonna, they they want to they physically out, out-dominate you, out-strength you. I'm going to buy into this Titan stock. Um, Let's see. The Raiders. The Las Vegas Raiders. You know what? I'm going to buy into this stock. I'm buying into the Raiders stock. You know, the Raiders, uh, you know, so with the Raiders, I get this. Offensively, Talented. First, I must say, Dern Waller, that tight end, Dern Waller, he is a monster. He's a matchup nightmare. I mean, the Saints tried everything. The Saints tried Mike Malcolm Jenkins. They tried Marshawn Lattimore. They tried Demario Davis. They, the Saints literally tried everything. He's 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 unguardable. You can't guard that. You can't you can't guard him. He's he's too he's too fast for linebackers. He's too big and, and and too big and too strong for safeties. He's too big for DBs. I, he can play. That dude can play, and that that's that also goes to my point about how valuable tight ends are. But he can play. Um, the Raiders offensively, I like them. Derek Carr is playing some good football. He Derek Carr had a pretty good season last year. He has some rough spots, but he had a pretty good season last year. He threw for four thousand yards and had, a, and he led the league in completion percentage. So he's he's a pretty good quarterback. Derek Carr's not bad. He's not playing bad at least this year. Um, now defensively, I don't like what they had defensively. They can't rush the passer, so I think that that's uh, that's I'm hesitant on that. But this Raiders football team, I, I, I'm a buy into this stock. I'm buying into the Raiders stock. I'm buying into it. The Ravens, of course, I'm buying into it. I'm buying this stock. I'm buying the Raven stock. I'm buying it. Of course, this is the no-brainer. I don't have to give an explanation. I'm buying the Raiders. The the Raven stock. The Kansas City Chiefs. I'm buying. I'm buying the Chiefs stock. Mahomes, Andy Reid, great coaching staff. I'm buying it. I'm buying their stock. I think they'd be fine. The Chicago Bears at two and zero. I'm a sell. I'm selling this stock. I'm 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 selling the Bears stock. I don't I don't I don't like this Bears team. Offensively, I don't like it. Offensively, I think they're limited. Um, Trubisky, his mechanics, he's gotten a little better. I must say, Trubisky's gotten a little better. But his mechanics is still out of whack. His mechanics is still out of whack. I still don't, I, I, you know, the down the, the, the field passing, it has to be better. So that's why I'm going to hold off on on, on Chicago. I'm going to sell it. I'm, I'm selling their stock. I'm not, they're, they're off to a good start. I, I like Matt Nagy. The defense is better, obviously. But uh, the down the field passing, I think it's a problem. The downfield passing, I think, is a problem. Okay, the next team on the list is the Green Bay Packers. Two and zero start. Um, Matt Lafleur. Okay, I'm a. I'm a. I'm a buy. I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna buy this Green Bay Packers stock. I'm going to buy it because Matt Lafleur. He's now twenty games into his coaching career. He's sixteen and four. So. He he's he, he seems pretty he seems pretty legit, legitimate as a coach. Um, I still do worry about the second option. I, I'm I'm buying their stock, but I'm not sure if they're a Super Bowl contender quite yet. Because I I still want to see who who who's that reliable second option for Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers playing some really good football right. He's playing some really good football. But I still want to see who's that second option. Is it Marquis uh, Valdez, Scantling? I like him. He's he's a speedster. But I want to see who's that reliable second option before I buy all in to the Green Bay Packers, before I call them a Super Bowl contender. But I do think they – I'm I'm a, I'm a buy their stock. Um, the Arizona Cardinals, they're first in the division right now um, if you just look at the standings. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold it. I'm gonna hold on the Cardinals stock because I, I have to see how they play these next three games. Because these, these next three games, it's remember, it's Carolina, well, it's Detroit, Carolina, and then the Jets. Those are three winnable games. They're they're favorite in all three games. I want to see how they approach that. They should, they should go on a five-game win streak. The, the Cardinals should start the season 5-0. If they can start the season 5-0, I'm a buy their stock. Because I'm really big on Kyler Murray. I'm really big on him. So if the if, if the Cardinals can win if they can win these next three games, they got something cooking in Arizona. But I'ma hold their stock until then. Uh the LA Rams. I'm a buy their stock. I'm buying it. Sean McVay. His genius card is reinstated. Sean McVay's genius card is reinstated. I like Sean McVay a lot. I like, I, I mean, I really like this dude a lot. He's hyper-aggressive. He, he, he you know, he makes no apologies about it. He, he doesn't blame anything on the players. He's not very critical of the players, very much a player's coach. Um and, and and he makes Jared Goff a lot better than with Jared Goff. is. I, I like Jared Goff. I'm I'm really I'm 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 a Jared Goff fan. But Sean McVay really elevates Jared Goff, and I think that's I think that's it's nothing wrong with that. That's great coaching. That's called that's called a great coach having a great system, and his players are evolving and becoming better due to that system. So I'm buying the Rams stock. Also, the Rams have a great receiving core. That re- the the Rams receiving core doesn't get talked about enough, but they have a great receiving core. Um and then lastly, the Seattle Seahawks. Of course, I'm buying their stock. Uh Pete Curl has finally let he's finally letting Russell Wilson cook. He's finally letting Russell Wilson cook. So I'm 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 buying the Ram- I'm buying the Seahawks stock. Obviously. And then they have three like they have three Big time players on defense, Quadre Diggs, Jamal Adams, Bobby Wagner. They got three big time players on defense. Like big hitters. So I like, I like, I like Seattle. I'm buying their stock. Thank you guys for coming back to another episode of the Isaiah Kid Podcast, the IKP. Thank you guys for continuing continue to tune in. Thank you guys. Thank you guys. I see you, I catch you guys on Saturday. Um, We're going to do predictions, top 10 teams, and so forth. Always remember two choices, one decision, and I'm out. Deuces. Peace.